0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. Grateful to have you with us today for this episode. It's going to be a good one.
1: Yes, Zach here. How's everybody doing? We had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with one of the fastest people in Canada. Canadian woman's world record holder for the marathon distance, Natasha Woda. Yes. BC's own.
0: Yes, yes, it was so good to catch up with her. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a few run puns. <laughs> there not we? There were some run puns going on. Pun so. as you run. So have some fun. Let, you've you've been warned, uh, but no, a, an amazing an amazing athlete, wonderful wonderful human being. Um, it was so good to catch up with her and just to share, sh- have her share some of her story about like her why for running, um, some of the some of the ways she has challenged what seems to be you know like the impossible of like breaking records as she is aging in terms of the athletic uh, kind of normative zone uh, for for runners um but yeah she she is continuing to like push beyond limits that other people might have set and it's really really inspiring to to sit with her and, and chat with that chat with her about that
1: so yeah as a 41 year old uh, natasha recently broke the canadian record for the uh Women's marathon in Berlin at two twenty three twelve was her time. Unreal, just mind blowing. We talk about this on the pod, but I, I think it's like a three, just above a three twenty pace or something like that. And uh, before we podcasted with her, I went out. I'm like, I'm gonna go see how long I can hold this pace for. And I got to like a kilometer, and I was like, hands on my knees, like just like praying for oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me breathe. It's an incredible
0: feet to be sure.
1: Yes. And she's just getting faster. as She gets older. I'm like, it's I'm wild. excited for what 42 has and 43 and 44, you know, like that's right. I think Natasha embodies that limitless possibility, those limitless beliefs. Like why not? You know, let's, let's lead with what's possible.
0: Yeah. And she does have this sense of like, she's not done yet, which is really cool. As much as, you know, when we when we recorded the pod, she was in a, in a bit of a, still like hadn't picked up her full training schedule. She was still kind of in recovery mode and, um, but yeah, just to know that there like, there's some grit, there's some tenacity there that she, uh, she has a fire and she's, yeah, she's not finished. It's really, really cool to see uh, someone like that. I mean, we chatted with her about that, that kind of like that grit, that desire to just like do these super hard things, run this far for like <laughs> in that amount of time. Um, we asked her about like, has there ever been a time when you just wanted to pull the plug? Like, were you out? And then, you know, battling back after moments of wonder of like, am I finished? Can I come back from this injury or do I want to race again? Um, so just like that resilience, that tenacity, the desire to keep running fast and far, uh, is just who she is. It's awesome.
1: Yes. Uh, she was also the 2019 Pan American games, uh, gold medal winner, in the ten thousand meter, uh, where she broke the games record by over 40, 45 seconds, which is like forty five seconds is a lot of time in in the old sport of running. Yes, so incredible, inspiring, so cool to see. Um, great conversation on on movement, running, pushing possibility, living life to its fullest. Before we roll into this conversation, a word from this week's sponsor.
0: This week's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Zach and I have been um, just really enjoying leveling up our our daily routine with this micro habit that is just uh, such a good, good thing to do. Get up first thing in the morning, fill up some water, dump a little scoop of Athletic Greens AG1 drink formula in there and just shake it and enjoy. It's kind of like it's that part of that morning ritual now.
1: It's the shake and wake, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. But it is. It's so good. Athletic Greens, not only um, full of 75 high-quality ingredients, probiotics, minerals, vitamins, all that good stuff that you need. It's easy. It's easy to do. And it's not like some big routine of like, oh, you got to get the juicer or smoothie. Like you can just literally wake and shake. There we and go. drink it and you feel good. It's such, a, it's such an easy habit. Um, affords you so much goodness in your life.
1: I'm hooked, and so many people have been asking me what I think because yeah. I I take so I've experimented with so many supplements and powders over the years. Yeah, and I, you know, I wholeheartedly love my AG One. I look forward to it. It's the first thing I do when I wake up, and it's definitely hands down the best greens powder that I've that I've ever taken. So, um, I've got a full endorsement and putting my my years of taking green powders and supplements yes, yes. I'm, I'm all in with AG1 it's my my favorite uh, way to start the day
0: it's so good especially now like you know we're kind of midwinter colds flus all that stuff like you want to make sure you have every you know bit of nutrient and everything in you to help help your body just like remain healthy or fight off these things that are flying around through the air and i mean it's, there's no easier easier way to take advantage of, reclaim your health, and really protect and arm your immune system with this convenient daily nutrition. Like I said, it's one scoop, throw it in with a cup of water, that's it. No need for all of your supplements that you used to have. Zach's got a whole empty cupboard where all those supplements used to be. Yeah. Looks out for your health and looks after you know all that cabinet space.
1: There we go. Real estate is expensive, you know? That's right. All right, so if uh, our listeners want to shake and wake like uh, you and I, Dean, what's the best way to uh, get athletic greens into your daily routine yeah
0: we got we got your hookup to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first free per- with your first purchase so easy throw them in the throw them in the bag suitcase whatever you got it all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash more good again that's athleticgreens.com slash more good to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. There we go. Get on it, friends. Don't miss out.
1: Don't miss out, especially during this winter season. know, yeah. Everyone's got the sniffles, so get your greens and push those sniffles away. Oh. All right. Time for this week's episode. All
0: right. Welcome back, everyone. Excited for today's episode. We are here. We finally uh, caught up with this guest. <laughs> there's always bad puns that come up, too. You're sitting with two dads, no, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So apologizing in advance. No, we're very excited to be sitting here with Natasha Wodek, uh, fastest Canadian marathoner woman in our country. It's so cool. Just recently, um, and of course, beyond that, just like uh, a radiant person. You are a runner um looking into even we were just pre-pod talking about like life after running so someone who wants to invest in next generations of athletes and runners but um, we are so excited to be able to sit down and chat with you about who you are how did running become part of your life and how did you get so damn good at it so
1: yeah thank you for joining us
2: hello i'm happy to be here
1: Right on, right on. I, w- I went for a run this morning and I was, I was listening to a podcast with you. So like I mentioned before we hit the record button that I felt like we were running together. And I was like, I'm going to try to go Natasha Wodak speed for a little while. <laughs> and I went one kilometer at your marathon pace. <laughs> and I was like, gassed. That was it. I could only do one kilometer.
2: Well, honestly, right now I am still recovering. It's been seven weeks, and I can barely run one kilometer at that pace. And I ran forty two. Yeah. So when I I did a workout today, and I could barely hit three twenty four for three minutes. So I'm like, how in the heck did I do that? So it's okay if you mm. if you have struggled a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Like yeah. when
1: you when you break it down, and like we're both hobbyist runners amateur, amateur lovers of the sport and, you know, love watching athletes like yourself and, and being inspired by people like you. It's amazing that you're able to run that fast for that long. Like it just really does blow my mind. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, sometimes I don't really know how it happens. And we always say this little bit of race day magic. Um, like you'll go and you'll do your, your pre-race workout that week. And for me, it was like, 4 by a mile at marathon pace and so you're only doing 1 mile at your goal pace and then you have a little rest and every time we do something like that you're always like oh my god like how am i supposed to run you know 26 miles at this pace but like you have just trained and you can't do it it's just it's amazing it always not always but like for me i had a magical day and yeah. it all came together and um, you know, the magical taper and all the the work that you do. And, um, yeah, but it's, uh, not easy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's so good. What was it like? So even today you said you went for a little run and pushed, pushed up to that, that pace level that you had hit and held for 26 miles or 42 K. Um, and kind of even surprising yourself or, or having that revelation of like, man, this is fast like we often like what's it like to kind of acknowledge that or sit in that moment where you recognize the accomplishment that you did but also like literally embodying it again and being like holy this is hard like seven weeks out for Boston to be like how did I do that
2: I remember um, it was like three weeks before Berlin. Or Berlin, and, I'm sorry, yeah. Sorry, did you say Boston? Yeah. <laughs> I did run Boston as well, and yes. um, that did not go that well, actually. <laughs> right. Berlin Natasha would have beat Boston Natasha by three and a half kilometers.
1: Wow, um, just, amazing, yes. okay.
2: Um, but <laughs> I remember about three weeks out from Berlin, um, I just had a really good workout, and I remember thinking to myself, remember this, remember this time in your life, how fit you are, um, because this is really special and you've worked really hard and sort of just like, I reminded myself that, you know, to just take it in where you are and, you know, enjoy that process of like being really fit. And um, because I knew that after Berlin, it was going to go back to being um, very unfit and, and then trying to get fit again. And that's, again, it's part of the process. Um, so I'm now in that, you know, stage where it's really hard and that pace is really hard, but I also understand that that's just how it, how it rolls as part of the process. And I will be back to where it feels easy again, but, Mm. um, yeah, it it definitely sucks being <laughs> unfit. Um, but, you know, like I said, it is what it is. And um, you can't always be 100% fit. And right. um, that's how you get injured.
0: So uh, I'm so curious about this. Because for me, the, like the consistency that I went for was like fast, always increasing like further and faster and trying to like hit these targets and everything. with awesome. amateur dummies over here. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so is that something that like, Uh, Would you say like you learned you had like a natural understanding where it's like, okay the season, the cycle of like running and resting and fit and unfit versus something that was kind of given to you through coaching, through like your training and everything where it's like, no, this is this is actually how we do it, because typically we wouldn't want to scale down from a level of fitness. We'd want to push up. But All of us eventually have our ceiling and our bodies need to that that rest and recover so how did that work was that like some intuitive like knowing no now after this season after these races i gotta like dial it back or is that more of like coaching and teaching and shaping along the way
2: uh definitely coaching and experience you know obviously i've been doing this for 25 years um you know, it's called periodiz- periodization, so it's very important. Um, fortunately, I have an amazing coach. He has a PhD in exercise physiology, and he does he's done a lot of work on periodization and um, studies. And so really, in your off-season, um, you can't be going nuts all the time. You can't be pushing the boundaries, uh, especially, you know, for female elite runners. We need to make sure that we're gaining that weight back. Um, we're getting our regular periods, you know, things like that's really, really important to keep an eye on, you know, if you're riding the line, and you're super fit, you know, 24-7, you know, it's dangerous, you could easily get a stress fracture, or some sort of injury, um, you're likely to lose your period, um, if, you're, if you're at that really lean stage all the time, and um, honestly, it's just like, not fun to be like, always like 100% like riding the line and working like so hard and it just you need a mental break as well where you can just relax and like go on vacation and eat chocolate and drink margaritas and do all the things that you want to do right um for me that's very very important to my success and my happiness is um having that time where I can just relax and not run and not compete and
1: so if we take those <laughs> things back to when you were young, Natasha, when did you realize that you were, that you excelled at running?
2: Well, I was quite young. I was in elementary school um, and I did a little road race with my dad and I, my dad was like, wow, like, you're fast. <laughs> and I played soccer and so I knew I was pretty quick, but yeah, it was. And then I joined the cross country team. And I did really well, and um, I was just then known as, like, the fast girl. And, mm. um, but I continued to play different sports because I can't stress enough to any of the parents that are listening. Um, it's really important to keep your kids in multiple sports, even if they're really good at one. Um, you need to keep them in, in, a, in lots of different things. Let them play the different sports, have fun on the team sports, don't get so serious too young because they're very likely to burn out. So I'm um, very fortunate that I had amazing parents that encouraged me to play soccer and play basketball and not just run because running is what I was best at. And I had great coaches as well that encouraged me to play other sports because sometimes you'll get a coach that's like, no, it's like five days a week and if you're not here, you're on the bench. And I did actually have a coach, a basketball coach that – Um, was saying I would be benched if I missed a couple of practices and my mom like came in and was like, look, she has soccer, she has cross country, like not acceptable. So you cannot bench her because she's going to soccer practice one day instead of basketball practice. So thanks mom for, you know, standing up for me and and telling that coach how it is like, um, but yeah, I played all the sports. I played Metro soccer up into grade 12. And then I was fortunate to get a um, scholarship to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock.
0: All so. right. Amazing. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and, that
2: was, and that was for running. Yeah, I, I got a track and field cross-country scholarship. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a place that's also sometimes known as Arkansas. Uh, yeah. By some, by some. Oh, they,
2: half of them couldn't point out where Vancouver is on a yeah. map. If you held a gun to their head, like right. they just have no idea. Different, like, a different world, right?
1: Totally, yeah, totally, no yeah. doubt. And yeah. that was like a div one school for track and field. Yes. So were you at that point? Were you doing like eight hundred or or ten k or what was kind of your specialty back then?
2: Yeah, it was like 3000 3, and okay. this is before um, we got rid of the flat. 3000. Like this was in the last stages of when you could run a 3000, not a 3000 steeplechase. Mm, right. Yeah, so that was probably my main event there.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that would be what would that be considered now like a medium distance?
2: Middle distance. Middle distance. Yeah, middle distance.
1: And now 26 26 miles <laughs> my goodness. Yeah.
2: yeah, I just kind of kept running longer um as I was I wasn't good enough, I guess, in the shorter ones. So mm. uh, my niche is definitely the, the longer distance.
1: Was there a point along this 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 kind of trajectory whether that was an elementary school or high school or or not a university that you identified as as like I am a runner?
2: Oh, jeez. Good question. Um, no, I've always been known as like Natasha the runner, like run, forest, run. know, that's always like, I feel yeah. like people wrote that in my yearbook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually just watched that movie the other day. So good. It's so <laughs> good. It's a classic. It, it is. There, there's I a just new... felt like running. Yeah.
1: Well, that's pretty good. That was good. <laughs> if they're going to cast a female forest. <laughs> I feel like the remake. Yes. But there is a Bollywood version that just came out. No kidding. Yeah. It's oh. like the Bollywood forest Cup and apparently it's really good. It well, like, it's uh, Bollywood, so uh-huh. it's going to be good. I'm a bit of a sucker for Bollywood. Okay, movies. I'm going to Google it. Check yeah. it out. As soon as it's got back. like the big Bollywood actor. Oh, cool. Anyways, it's got like top-notch reviews. So if you're a yeah. Forest fan, maybe it'll <laughs> totally want to go run in India after <laughs> watching this. Yeah.
0: One. What was it? What was the line? One day, I just felt like running. When he was like at the end of his movie, or at the yeah, end, of, yeah.
2: They, they kept asking him, like, "Why yeah. are you doing this, Forest? I just felt like running. Yeah yeah that's and amazing just watched it so it's fresh in my Pretty, mind yeah isn't um, that what
1: we all want to capture too i just, <laughs> I just felt like runner yeah, yeah
2: yeah so and i was good at it and um yeah so everyone kind of knew natasha the runner um, cool. i don't think if you'd asked any of my friends in high school would i be going to the olympics and setting a canadian record when i was 40 you know most likely not but hey here i am yeah <laughs>
0: Well, that's like the, that's like the surprise of the journey, right? It's like you put in the time and the effort and you, you stick with it and are committed to, you find, you find your niche, you find the thing that you're good at and that you like or love to do. And like, there are, there are no ceilings really. Like you can, if you're training and you're looking after yourself, like you can surprise people. I think more and more we're seeing that as the parameters, like even if they're mental of like, oh, you know, 40 year olds don't compete at that level anymore, like The game is changing so much and athletes are showing up and doing things that nobody's ever done. And so it's like pushing that barrier and expanding it for the next person to say, well, like, why couldn't I do it at 42, 43 or 44, 45? And to continue to elevate. And and I think it's so cool. In a way, you're like a a trailblazer in that, or even of a pioneer even in that in the sport and making a way for people to see what's possible, which is what we love. Like
1: Sometimes people, we can think, oh, that's a... 20, this sport's for 20 year olds, you mm-hmm. know. I'm gonna go play with the masters or, or, or whatnot, you know. And, and we make ex- excuses for what's even possible before trying, being like, Oh, I'm 40 or I'm 50. I, I yeah, can't, absolutely. I can't do that anymore. And here you are, like, kicking all the butts of the 20 year olds, <laughs> yes, showing us all what is possible and that we, we shouldn't be limiting our, our beliefs or, or what we think we can do.
2: Absolutely. That was kind of our. Um, motto going into Berlin was anything is possible that's what my dear friend Mary Hines would say to me um, and it's true you know we, we, there there's no expiration date on your dreams I mm. you know I love that line I've heard it a million times and um, you know I there's no reason why I needed to stop running like just because I was getting older I wasn't slowing down right I was getting better and I was getting smarter with what I was doing and so it was just like I don't care how old I am and I'm seeing other women that are in their 40s that are running exceptionally well so who gives a you know that's uh, whatever I yeah. guess. you can, I can sweat <laughs> <laughs> no rules on this you know, podcast you just, you, I just kept running <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm so fortunate to be you know with a with a partner that 100% supports what I do and yeah. has never put pressure on me to a have children or um be get a real job I'm putting my hands up in quotations um because that was you know a lot of it when in my early 30s was like you know, should I be having kids? Should Mm. I be getting a real job? Should I be? And for me, it was, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. And so I just kept running and it has brought me to this amazing place where it is now my career and I am making money and it's great. And, and kids is not what I want to do. And so that's also fine. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think more and more it's becoming okay to not have that regular nine to five job and have two babies and get married that's okay. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids and I don't have a nine to five job and I'm happy as can be. Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I think it's really interesting, like maybe even to pause there and just like unpack that uh, a little bit because so often I think we celebrate when people chase their dreams and we all like, you know, buy into the bumper stickers and the mantras like, yes, have goals and dreams and chase them and do the thing. But then we we trade them for maybe a life that is not less than but is like different than maybe what we would have cho- chosen if there was no constraints or pressures from the outside saying, well, this is what everybody kind of does. They get a career, they get a spouse or partner or whatever, and they start a family. And so this is again, air quotes, like what's normal. Yes. And yet we, we all long to be the person who like does the thing that we love or feel, you know, feels like I'm meant to do this. Like I'm good at it. And when I do it, I just feel fully alive. Was there like, what, what was that tension like to navigate it, whether it was with your partner or just even on your own saying, like, I don't think I'm going to take this conventional path. I think I'm going to keep doing the thing that I love. And like, was that really difficult? Like, was that, was there a season when you're like, okay, maybe I'm done? Or do I like lean into this full, full steam ahead?
2: Yeah. Um, there's a lot, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cause I've been doing this for so long and there's been many stages in my life where I've, given up or almost given up um when I graduated from university in 2006 I quit competitive running and I wanted to travel I went to Australia and New Zealand and I came home and I was like oh I I you know maybe I want to be I have a degree in criminology so I was like maybe I'll be a probation officer so took a course in that and then I was like oh I don't know and then I was like, maybe I will become a police officer. So I went through the process with VPD. Um, pretty slowly. I was working as a server, having fun. Um, and then I got to the very end of the process with Vancouver Police, and I got deferred for two years. It was like they'd hire enough people. Um, whatever their main reason was, I don't really know. Either mm-hmm. way, I got deferred, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like keep serving and, and wait it out sort of thing. And And I ran just here and there dabbled in it um but then i met um my someone that ended up marrying my husband and i moved out to um port moody where i had gone to sfu actually finished my running and my degree at sfu and i started training with my old group again and this was like three years after i'd graduated and um i was a more mature athlete i was more committed and i immediately started running faster and i was like oh i miss this and Mm. like how oh, like i'm actually i'm pretty good still i'm getting better like what else could i do and so i don't know if it was like me getting better at running and wanting to see what i could do or the fact that like i couldn't figure out what else i wanted to do with my life like cuz the policing my husband was actually a police officer and so i was like okay i don't want to do that anymore and then it was like well now what do i want to what do i want to do and i didn't really know so i was just like i'll just keep running until i figure it out right. and then um Yeah. And then in 2013, uh, early, very early 2013, um, my husband and I uh, got separated and ultimately divorced. And that was very, a very, very difficult time for me because I was obviously very sad and I didn't quite know where I was going in my life. Mm. And so I threw myself into running and it was sort of like either this is going to work. Basically, it needs to work because I like had nothing else. And um that was really tough and it was a tough year and I I ended up running you know the Canadian record in the 8k that year which was like okay I am good at this um so that was a relief and that sort of propelled me forward into this direction of okay I'm I'm really all in with the running Mm. because before when I was married I mean I was only married for a year and a bit um you know it was like okay it's time to quit running maybe we should consider having a family like that was the road that I was gonna go down and ultimately, like, I think that if I had stayed married, that's where I would have gone. And I wouldn't be where I was, where I am today, 100%. -hmm. Um, So, you know, everything happens for a reason. It was a tough time. But like, I also never would be with my partner who I'm with now. And like, um, so yeah, you know, that was a a tough transition. And, and then I, um, I got some really serious injuries between 2013 and 2016 that, again, continually would have me questioning like, what am I doing? Like, can I keep going? Like, it's just so frustrating, like, when you can't run for, like, 10 months or mm-hmm. whatever. And mm-hmm. then you're not making any money, right? You're not winning any prize money. You're, you know, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm scraping by as a server. Oh, it, t- it was like, what are you doing? But I knew somewhere deep down inside, like, I knew I could make it in this sport. And, um, you know, I did you know, like not everyone gets to be successful and follow their dreams and see them come true. But like, you know, and it's cheesy and it's corny, but like it does happen. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. to all those young, struggling people out there, like you you stick with it. It's freaking tough, man. I was, I had some really dark days and like, but it's, it's been so worth it. And the struggles, you know, have made me who I am today. And, um, make me so much more grateful for where I am and mm. what I went through so.
0: Yeah, that's incredible.
2: Yeah.
1: So where does that per- perseverance <laughs> come from? Cuz I think it would be easy to give up at, you know, roadblock a b c or d along the way, but here you are being the best best you've ever been at 40 having never given up. So where does that that per- was it intuition or was it just like stubbornness that you knew you could do this or or what what was that fire inside you that that helped you persevere through all of that?
2: Um I think I think, you know, to be very honest, part of it was that I didn't know what else I could do because I'm Natasha the Runner. Right. And so to try and do anything else was really scary. Like I'll be honest, like it wasn't just like, oh, you know, I have this big dream and I'm gonna keep going. It was sort of like, well, <laughs> you have to keep going. Like you yeah. I don't I like I couldn't figure out what else I wanted to do and nothing else like lit a fire in me, nothing else made me feel passionate and i was very passionate about this and so i just kept pushing away just kept you know and then i you know i knew that like there was money to be made like bits and pieces not a lot but like there's not a lot of money in distance running i'll say that but um like i knew i could make the olympics like i knew i could do these things and so i just kept working at it and um i'm very fortunate it worked out and um i was yeah didn't really know what else yeah (laughs) I know I would have figured it out Mm -hmm. obviously right I do have a degree but yeah yeah
0: but I think like a lot of people in in that situation I mean as unique as it is to you pursuing distance running and all this but like swap out whatever passion or hobby or thing that we have that we're very good at and potentially could make a go of in terms of a career like a lot of people faced with that that fork in the road or that decision of like man, either this has to work or like, mom, dad, can I move back in? Like what's the, right? Or whatever the the metaphor is we want to use. But like, if it doesn't work, I'm kind of screwed. Yeah. Like a lot of people would then back down and say, okay, well, I I just, I can't do that. That's too risky, right? That's too much of a risk to try and put all my eggs in that basket and not just say, okay, I'm going to, and again, it's not maybe the most appropriate language, but like settle for this path. But like you kind of like came up against it. I mean, it, it takes grit to run a marathon, right? it takes a grit, grit to run a marathon, like really fast. Too. <laughs> maybe even really slow. I don't know that'd, that'd be me. It's like, but like that idea of like th- this, this, this tenaciousness and this toughness that you have, like for running and in running to run long distances at in, in incredibly fast speeds. Like maybe part of that is just baked into who you are. And that idea that, like you said, it was either this or like, who knows what else it had to work. But maybe within that, there's that sense of like, grit or drive or i don't know what the word is that you would use to describe it but like i just see that sense of like determination coming through yeah
2: yes yes of course absolutely i mean i think when i'm i've, I've been thinking about it since you asked me spinning my wheels in my head like i never thought i would still be running at 40 so mm-hmm. i think like when i was in my early 30s i was like okay i'll just do another year you know and then i'll get a real job yeah I'll do another year right and then I just kept getting better and better so there was never really a time to quit you know there'd be some injuries and stuff but I was like oh man I still got more in me I know mm-hmm. I do and so yeah there's that that you know just passion and love and I'm extremely competitive and so yeah I just kept getting better and better and it I just kept going and going I mean after you know Rio Olympics in 2016 I was You know, I had to have surgery on my foot. I was kind of like, maybe this is the end again. Like, oh, my coach and I went separate ways. I was like, maybe this is a sign. Like, let's just find a different career. Like, go into coaching like you want to. But I got better. I went to World Champs. I ran well. I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And I just kept getting better and setting Canadian records and and having fun and making money. And I was like, I'm going to ride this train until the last possible station. Because... It just keeps getting better, so I'm very fortunate. Um, I'm in sort of the golden years, I guess now, both, yeah, literally and it works. <laughs> we'll take it. Come on, we started with the fun; you could use it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, know. and now I, you know, now I know what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm doing this because I don't have another option. I know if I quit tomorrow, I'd be all in on coaching. I could start my own coaching business which I wouldn't have been able to do 10 years ago because now I have a name for myself. Right. And people will want, you know, that means a lot in this world. You know, I can pick up a lot of clients. I can, I'll be fine. So.
0: Yeah, you've paid, you've paid your dues or whatever. Oh, yes. Right. And (laughs) people, people respect that and they see that and it carries a weight of like, okay, this person, not only A, like knows what they're doing, but it like has stuck it out and is successful in more than just you know holding these records but in terms of having a career and when you're looking you're up and coming like those are the kind of people you want to seek out to say okay tell me everything you know how did (laughs) how did you do this because this is like i want to i want to follow your path which is super cool i'd be really interested to know um you know you've talked about injuries zach and i have both experienced injury i think every runner at some point if you are like getting out there frequently and regularly and trying to increase pace and distance you're going to You're going to have something. Mm -hmm. Um, How how did you deal with it, cope with it? Or maybe in addition to that question is like, what are some things you learned about yourself in those times when you couldn't get out and run? Because it's often the thing that grounds us and centers us, brings us life. What, What did what did those moments of not being able to run teach you about yourself, about life?
2: Oh, geez. Another good question, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Injuries are a part of the sport. So I think the sooner you accept that, the better. Um, and so to know that when you get injured, like it's not the end of the world, you will be back. I always say a setback is a setup for a comeback. So oh, I like that. That's and a good one. That's a good one. It is true. I've been through enough injuries to know I always come back stronger. So it's, you know, the initial diagnosis of an injury is always pretty crushing. Um you cry, there's tears, there's frustration. You know, you don't want to be on the bike or in the pool. You want to be out running with your friends. Just one thing I miss the most is running with my friends when mm. I'm injured. Just um, why I really like that spin class I was telling you guys about. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, trying to find ways to cross train that are fun is also um, um, a tip I would give people. So, Um, meeting up with friends to do, you know, like a legree class or whatever it may be, like a, you know, a a group Pilates class, a group Mm -hmm. strength class, like doing all these things and meeting with friends is a great way to get through it. And that brings me to, you know, um, it's a time to work on your weaknesses. So why are you injured? Usually because you weren't, you were overdoing it or you weren't doing enough strength training or you weren't, you know, doing all those things. So taking the time to, you know, see your physio, see your RMT, like – do all the things you need to do to get healthy and be back out there. You know, uh, sit down with your coach and talk about like you know. Sometimes there's no reason. Like mm-hmm. it's always like, well, what happened? I must have done something wrong. Well, no. Sometimes you've just you're you know we're not meant to run as much as we do when you run a marathon. It's just like. My partner is an orthopedic surgeon. I'm very fortunate. So he's, you know, my own personal sports med doctor. And I will always ask him, like, why does this hurt? Why is this happening to me? And he goes, because you run too much. Bottom line, that's it. There's no big answer that I... It's just you run too much. And I love that it comes from him because he's, you know, like, he's a sports med doctor. Yeah. And so um, when you... Except that it makes you feel less like guilty, like you did something wrong. So going back to the original part, injuries are a part of the sport. Mm. You're going to get an injury. Just make sure you, you know, you're patient and you take the time to care for yourself, be kind to yourself and have some fun doing the cross training and just trust the process and know you'll be back. And yeah.
1: That's great. Always, (laughs) always, whenever I get injured, I'm usually pretty depressed for like the first 10 days and just kind of hate the state that I'm in and kind of resent everything. And then usually I'll find like (laughs) last, we were both injured at the last time and uh, we got into like weightlifting together for a little bit. And I was like, Oh, Hey, like this is pretty fun too. Like it doesn't have to just be one thing. Absolutely. And that kind of, every time I'm injured, it opens up new doors that I I didn't consider previously. So even swimming, (laughs) I mean, I like treading water (laughs) in the ocean, Yeah, but I'm just not like, if you're like, get to get to that, lighthouse over there i'd be the last one there i don't know i don't know how fast you can tread water for in a forward motion just just go with the tide yeah
0: (laughs) i'll get there eventually yeah pool noodle yeah yeah i'm the pool noodle noodle. get you some floaties (laughs) i'll
1: take it i'll take it um as as a fan of running i love i love i'm that guy on twitter when there's a big race like checking to see like you know we're were records broken or the the people that i follow how do they do um Can you kind of imagine this is the movie about you? Can you kind of walk us through the Berlin Marathon from, like, the night before to, like, you know, lacing up your shoes, getting your gear ready, like, the the morning of to, like, the start line? All the way through, like yeah. just so that we can kind of be there with <laughs> give you, us,
0: give us like the campfire story version, you know?
2: <laughs> okay, okay, all right, everybody, yeah, <laughs> gather, gather around, gather <laughs> around, okay, okay. tell you the tale so, of the time. <laughs> okay, so I arrived in Berlin a week before the race, um, and I went on my own, so I was there for four days before um, my partner got there and I moved to the race hotel, so I was in this like Airbnb, which was really nice, but um, it was. It was raining a lot and it was cold and I was like super jet lagged and I just couldn't kick it and I woke up on like the third night or the fourth night completely drenched in sweat like the you know like all the way through like the sheets like sorry no too much information but it happens to everybody it right does. with a pounding headache and I was like I got covid the oh, like no. I was like I fought for sure. Right. Like it was like three days after, four days after, and it was like a big flight. Yeah. And so I, that was my biggest fear is that I was going to get COVID on the flight. Cause I hadn't had COVID yet. And so anyways, then the next day I was just like super stressed and I didn't feel great. I had a headache all day. And I was talking to my coach and he's like, you can't worry about it. If you get sick, we'll deal with it, but you're not sick right now. So I was like, okay. I, I was like, eating all, swallowing all the cold effects. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's like, I never take supplements, but I'm like, I'm taking the cold effects. Yeah. Like, um, So anyways, I did not get sick. I was just jet lagged. I was dehydrated. I was stressed. So when my partner arrived like three days before the race and I moved into the race hotel, I was like a little bit better. Okay. Uh, I still wasn't sleeping well. And this brings me to the night before the race. So um two nights before the race i woke up at three i had gone to bed at like 10 but i had woken up every hour and it was and i couldn't fall back asleep so i essentially had like maybe four or five hours of sleep and that day i was like a zombie and i was so stressed and i was like i have the berlin marathon tomorrow and what if i can't sleep again tonight i've been it was yes i called one of my best friends who's also a marathon runner who's also run berlin and I just like burst into tears. And I'm not a big crier. So she was like, okay, like, let's just like relax. Like, and she talked me off the ledge, I like to say. And um, I was like, okay, like, she's like, even if you don't sleep well, you'll, you'll be fine. And so anyways, I tried to go to sleep that night. And I like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. It's 11 p.m. I still can't sleep. I'm lying there and I roll over and I'm like, Alan, like, I can't sleep. Like, should I take a Zoplicone? So Zoplicone is a sleeping pill. And it's... It's fine. It's not prohibited or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've taken them before to help with jet lag, but I didn't want to take them anymore because you don't really... It's like a tranquilizer. You don't want that in your system. So Alan's like, he's silent. And I'm like, Alan. And he's like, I'm thinking. And it's like another solid minute goes by. (laughs) And I'm like, Alan. And he's like, I'm thinking. So he was sitting there trying to decide the benefit of taking it versus not taking it. And so he actually like Googled the half-life and everything. And he goes, finally goes, you can take half. So I took half, which knocked me out for like five hours. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh, I'm good to go. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, I was just so like anxious about what, you know, not sleeping, sleeping with a sleeping pill. Anyways, I woke up that morning and I knew like, I'm good to go. Like, And it was just such a relief because my training had gone so well all summer. And I had this like, this feeling like it was going to be my day. And Mm. it's, it's so, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop almost. Like it was too good to be true. I was like, if everything goes my way today, I know I can run the Canadian record. And that's a really scary thing, right? To be like that confident because every time I'm that confident, I usually shit the bed somehow. So I was like, just trying not to say it out loud and just be like, cause you want to be confident, but you don't want to be cocky. Right. So I'm just, yeah. So I was lucky I had a pacer that I knew and he was like all in to again, take me to the finish line um i was ready to go and the weather was perfect i think it was like 12 celsius and overcast with no wind like you can't ask for anything better so i warmed up with a great group of girls there were seven of us from five different countries which is awesome that's one of the things i love about this sport is you know we're all friends and you know no one you don't just warm up by yourself it's like hey where are you? you're from netherlands come warm up with us oh yeah. hey they're australian girls too like it's great so it was a great vibe on race morning and um yeah the gun went off and I had a little bit of um my left glute was pinching a bit but I wasn't too concerned about it because I mean it wasn't screaming at me it was just annoying and then eventually by 15k it was gone but um I I had bottles every 5k and my 5k bottle wasn't there so I was like okay that sucks but you know don't really need the 5k bottle then the 10K bottle wasn't there and I was like, oh shit, like my bottles aren't here and I knew I needed to take a gel, right? I know how important it is to get the fuel in early on and so I actually, there was a group of guys that had sort of attached to me and Tony and they were wanting to run 224 as well so there was like eight of them and they were all super nice and so I was like, do any of you guys have an extra gel? And one guy was like, I do, I have a Morton. And I was like, okay, I've never taken a Morton before, but you know, these are desperate times. So I took it. <laughs> it was either, and that's the golden rules. You don't try anything new on race day. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you guys know that. Um, but what do you do? You know, you would have taken. It's that or yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I took it and just hoped for the best. I know that I have a pretty good stomach, so I wasn't like too worried. But I was panicking, like, what if the rest of my bottles aren't there? So uh, Tony, my pacer, he's like, I have bottles. I can share them with you. But that's not, still not ideal. And then there would be gels on course. We would make it happen. Yeah. So I grabbed a little plastic cup off the side, like, you know, like you guys would.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: And um, not that bad. I got the water. And so by 15K, my, bottle, my bottles were there. So it was not an issue, but.
1: Does that mess with your psyche at all? Like just having things that aren't perfect for your setup?
2: Yeah, that was not um, ideal. But I'm kind of proud of myself because I didn't panic. Yeah. And I'm very grateful because Tony is very chill. And okay. so Tony was just like, don't worry. Like we'll figure it out. And so I was kind of like. Well, Let's keep going. Let, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Let's yeah. just hope that it's there. And I also was like, okay, if 15 is not there, Um, then I'm going to get Tony to run ahead and try to wave down my partner who was on a scooter all over the course and then to get Alan to go to the station and tell somebody that, yeah. I was like, there's a way that we can figure this out because Tony had his wife on course. My parents were there, my brother, my partner Alan. So I was like, we can figure this out, so Mm Yeah, and Alan was on a scooter um, all over the course, which is amusing.
1: <laughs> that, that's what people need to be able to keep up with you. Yeah. Looking a scooter
2: look- actually only goes 22 kilometers an go. hour. Can't and I was running up- 19. <laughs> so he was like going Mog 0, like through the streets of Berlin <laughs> with no helmet. like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i gotta hear
1: his story at some point just know, like yeah. zooming through berlin on the screw trying to keep pace with you, <laughs> you get
0: to that yes. next po- point for the for the pick or whatever he yeah, was yeah. always
2: like trying to get his phone out in time yeah. to take a picture or like a video yeah so That's amazing. um it was really 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 nice having my parents and my brother and my nephew and my partner there which brought an, a sense of calm to me um i was looking for them all over the course like where are they and like um so that was really nice it was very helpful and every time i hit a timing mat it was like a way to send a message to my friends and family and like people that were following me on twitter and like on the app like i'm okay i've got this so um you know i just kept trying to get to each 5k mat and be like i've got this and there's a video when i passed alan around 30k and i'm saying to him we've got this we've got this and i say the word we because yes i'm the one running out there and I, it's my two feet but like the team that got me there my village of people um are absolutely amazing and they were with me every step of the way so when I refer to like we set the record it's because I have such an amazing team that allowed me to to do this and I wouldn't be able to do it without like my coach and my physio and like Jim and Mary Hines that spent every Saturday morning biking with me all mm. summer long and handing me my gels and my waters and like all these people that allowed me to to be able to be healthy and and successful out there. So um, yeah, Berlin, I was just like rolling along and it felt so good. It was like one of those magical days that you just like dream about. And Boston had been such the opposite. You know, I knew by 10K in Boston, like that it wasn't my day. And I was like heartbroken and I was, you know, crying by halfway. And I remember going by my coach in Boston at 17K and just shaking my head. And being like i can't and so this was the total opposite where i'm going by alan and i'm like thumbs up i'm like yes we got this so um you know that was really nice and and we were on a little bit of the slower end of the pace that i had wanted um and by slower end i mean like five seconds per 5k so that's you know not a big deal it's better to be a little bit slow than a little bit too fast so mm-hmm. um when we went through halfway i said to tony like we need to pick it up and um, around 30k he just like dropped the hammer like we went from running 17 minute 17.05 5ks to like 16.35 wow. and then 16.35 or something like that wow. so we were just like and I can't remember the last 12k really well I just we were passing women and I, I remember swearing a couple times like <laughs> that's everyone has what they say to themselves and mine is like this is my race yes you can I fucking got this like so I said that out loud a couple times like to get myself going and like Tony's like raising his hands to the crowd every once in a while for them to cheer as I go through like it was just like it was so cool like just Mm. felt like I you know you're let I was just like rolling and sprinting and like I just that was the dream and it happened and now I can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like crippled I can I, everything hurts now and it has since that day so um yeah it was just and then you run through the gates and yeah. you know I, I I remember looking up and seeing 223 and I was like what the I had no idea I had run that fast so I was just like and there's a picture of me in that moment there where I'm just like I raised my hand and I smiled and yeah it was it was pretty cool and I don't know if I'll ever be able to have a race like that ever again in my life so I'm I really you know want to what's the word revel in it yeah. Yeah. um and I think I have. I've done a lot of celebrating. That's, that's <laughs> There's great. been a lot of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so before the <laughs> champagne, I love it. When you crossed that
1: finish line, what can you just kind of talk us through that that sense of accomplishment? That like you know you've been running for 25 years, and and it all came together for this perfect race where you became the fastest woman in Canada for the marathon distance. So like. What did that moment feel like when you crossed the finish line? Was there emotion? Like, did you were you able to experience what you just accomplished?
2: I don't think in that exact moment, no. And when I had visualized it, like I had seen so many runs before, I'd always cried in my like dreams, mm-hmm. but there were no tears. I think I was just in such like disbelief, and I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know, there's the other women that. I knew we're finishing, so you're chatting with them. Oh, my God, like, what just happened? And then it's immediately, it's like, I need to call my parents. I need to find Alan. I need to call my coach. Like, oh, my God, what just happened? And so it was a very big whirlwind. And then doping control was there. And so you yeah. have that other layer of, like, it was just a lot going on. And it took it took a while, I think, days and days before I really was like, okay, you know, this just happened and you, you did it. Like, I just, you know, I'd wanted it. It's, you know, so badly for so long and, you know, not just to set the Canadian record, but like I knew I could run really fast. And so it was, you know, it was a big accomplishment for me. And, you know, anyone that had doubted me along the way, it was kind of like a, ha, middle finger
1: to all those guys.
2: Well, like, I I don't know if you saw my recent Instagram post, I wrote about um, just sort of like some of the comments that I had gotten about my marathon training Mm, this is based this was before I ran 223 and most of these comments weren't directly to me obviously Mm. but i could hear the chatter in the background that some people were saying and also some of my own insecurities right is that like i'm a low mileage runner i don't run as much mileage as any other elite marathoner i cross train all the time like i take days off and so a lot of these people were like oh she can't really run that fast if she's not running big enough mileage her long runs you know, she's only running 36K, you know, like, there was just doubt that I was, you know, sometimes I would question my own training, like, that I wasn't doing enough, but I had to keep reminding myself that, you know, this was my path, and this works, and it did, and so yeah, I gotta, you know, show other people that there is another way to train for a marathon without running yourself into the absolute fucking ground, yeah. like, you can... I I know during this build, I mean, yes, I was tired, but I was never like, I'm so exhausted. Like I was good. I was like, okay, it's 10, day 10, I get a day off again. Like I felt revived and then I still, you know, I did all the things I needed to do. I had big runs, I had big workouts, um, but I wasn't like, so many people have told me in the past, like you just have to be like, essentially like, grinding away on tired legs like all the time and I'm like, that's not my jam and I don't want to do that. Like, and that's what, how I felt in my very first marathon in 2013 and I was miserable. And so that's why I didn't do one for another, like, whatever it was, seven years, because I was like, that was not fun yeah. training for a marathon when you're like exhausted all the time. And yeah, like,
0: yeah. You can't, you can't, yeah, be great when you're not working in your own greatness, right? And like what you're good at, what you know is, has served you and will serve you, like, other people's training platform sure it might work or their expectation of what someone should do uh but it's always interesting to me when people like the keyboard warriors like want to take shots and you know say that you make judgments on like what you're doing and then it's like well listen look at what i just accomplished so it's yeah it's obviously working for me
2: there's the people too that were like there was like a tweet about you should if you drink alcohol more than twice a month you're not a serious runner like some coach in the states tweeted that and so i i shot back with well i just set the canadian record and i have two to three glasses of wine per week and you know most people were like yeah like retweeting it it was actually my most liked tweet i've ever done um but of course, there was one or two. I don't really know. I didn't look at all the comments that were like, well, imagine how fast you'd run if you didn't drink at all. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, come on. I, you don't think I've been down that road. Like, <laughs> I'm 40. Yeah. I've done the. I'm not going to drink alcohol thing. And no, I didn't run any faster. I just yeah. became more neurotic about everything that I put in my body. Right. And so that's not fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, I it, drink wine. Yeah,
0: It's also interesting to me. I, I mean, this is a whole other bit of conversation, but I feel like for elite female athletes, there's probably a different level of engagement with people telling you or making observations or critiques about your training versus, you know, Tony, who you ran with as your pacer, like, or another elite level male athlete. People would just celebrate and be like, bro, what did you do? Like, I want to do everything you did. And they wouldn't necessarily nitpick it in the same way. Of course, there's always going to be haters. But I feel like there's a level where, when we see women at an elite level performing in athletic ways that are like astonishing, right? And truly remarkable, that people want to somehow like take it down or tear it down when there's celebration of like, wow, look at what's accomplished. Because it wasn't that long ago, sadly, that a female running in a marathon was like, not allowed.
2: Yeah. Which is ludicrous. I know. I feel like that was almost in my lifetime, wasn't it? In the early 80s? Well, yeah, I feel like. the early 80s or late 60s, I think.
0: Where she. she I'm butchering
2: the the dates. Yeah. Yeah, The New York
1: Marathon, it was, I believe, right? I I can picture that. Yeah. The photo of
2: of the woman. I think the first Olympic marathon was in the 80s.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And I was born in 81. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think too with women, you know, people are more likely to like comment on our weight or our appearance, which is annoying. But I'm I'm pretty good at like I got a tough skin. Good. I can look past all that and
1: should be, should <laughs> be a start line for all these trolls and see if they get yeah, to uh, right. the finish
0: line. Jo- uh, Joan Benoit, yes, 1984, first uh, female Olympian for the marathon 1984
1: 1984.
2: so it's i got it right that was the year that my coach lynn kanuka was third in the olympics in the 3000 meters she was my former coach yes okay um and part of the reason why i'm still in the sport because she came in 2017 and basically rescued my soul i like to say and reignited my fire and my joy into the sport and so i want to i want to give back to the sport and be like lynn in the way you know, when I'm done, I want to be like a Lynn. She was amazing. And That's amazing. Yeah, she's a wonderful woman and like was third in the LA Olympics. That was yeah. LA, right?
0: Uh, it was in... LA. Mm-hmm. London.
2: London. Okay, maybe she was in 88.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Forgive me. Yes, in Los Angeles. I'm right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh, I knew You're right.
2: it. You're right. You're like, <laughs> no. I was like, what? I feel no. like I've, I should know this about my, co- oh, my, my old coach. She's yeah. still kind of my coach. Like Trent is my coach now, but Lynn is still very much... Part of, part of in the, the picture team. Yeah. yeah she retired from like high performance coaching about a year ago okay um, and so that was again I had to find a new coach and I'm very fortunate that I have Dr. Trent Stellingworth who's like yeah. he's amazing and yeah so
0: it was a really interesting way you phrased it though how she came in and kind of like what, what rescued your soul ignited what did you my soul ignited. <laughs> what did that what did that look like I'm really curious because there's people who well, she helped me find my path or she helped me rediscover my passion but like that's a unique way to say it what, did, what do you mean by that Could you unpack
2: it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before, you know, in 2016, um, in the lead up to the Olympic games, I was just having a really tough time. Like I was single again and just like, you know, mid thirties and I, I had made the Olympics and I was just like, really not in a good place in my life. And I wasn't enjoying the sport. I was just all over the place and long story short is like um I came back from the Olympics my coach at the time was also stressed with things so he just decided to take time off coaching for a month so I was like okay so I was like coached myself for a month injured myself got a stress reaction um and that's when I met Alan who's my partner now and uh he also was a game changer as well like he looked at my MRI and was like you need surgery on your foot blah 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 but I had just been grinding away for so long before that, and it hadn't been like, I had sort of lost the joy in the sport Mm because I'd just been going through injuries and just a tough time in my life. And so when I got settled with Alan and I had the surgery on my foot, it was like, can I make a comeback? Do I want to do this again with the level of anxiety I was feeling before? Um, And when I met Lynn in March of 2017, she was like, you know, Yes, we can have fun doing this. And if there isn't joy, if we aren't, if we, if you aren't happy, then we'll change something. And so that I guess I've talked about this a lot. It was a huge shift in my mindset that like my mental well being was number one priority. And and I know she meant it, right? Mm. And she took and then she did. She always took care of me um, and who I was as a human first. And my needs and my wants and races that made me happy versus races that would, you know, made sense in the scheme of things. She wanted me to pick races that I really wanted to do. Like, you want to go to California because you want to go to California and race in California? Then let's go to California, right? Like, because she used to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think she set the Canadian 10K record in Orlando. She's like, oh, I remember that race. I just wanted to go to Florida or something like that, right? Like, that's how Lynn rolled too. I love it. And so I just love that she... You know, she understood that I was, you know, in my late 30s and this was sort of all icing on the cake going forward and, and my, I wanted to be happy in my life and Mm. running was second to that and we found a way to do it and every time she showed up to training, she was just so much fun and like, we were always laughing even if it was pouring rain and just, she was just a breath of fresh air and she's still like, family to me, like I just love her so much and I'm so grateful that she came in and just you know, basically took care of me, mind, body, soul, like made sure that I was overall good. And that's led to a lot of success and joy. And yeah, she knew when to push me and when to pull me back. And I'll never forget, it was like two years ago, I had come back from Commonwealth Games and I had placed fifth and it was like one of my best races of my life. You can only go to the well so many times. So I had gone to the well and I came back and I was just exhausted and I was at practice one day and I was doing like my strides and drills and she came up and she's like how are you doing today and I just started crying Mm. and she like puts her arm around me you know and she started crying too like she because she's like I know exactly how you feel and she did because she'd done all of the high level and she knew what it was like to come back and just feel like shit and like so it was really nice that she was just like all right like we're not racing in California next. It happened to be a race in California that I really wanted to do. She's like, no, we're not going. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I was so <laughs> relieved, you yeah. know, and like she just knew what to do and what to say, and um, I'm just so grateful for her. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And with my partner that came in and supported me, and so it was kind of a game changer having them both come in, and and I felt very settled and happy. And, yeah, it's just been a great last almost seven years now
0: yeah. yeah well it's it's like you said you know you were known as Natasha the runner and it's not the other way around it's not the runner Natasha like you're the person first yes. and when you have a coach and a partner and someone who sees that and supports that like that's really important I think that we were seeing that more and more in sport like even Tokyo right uh one of not in running but one of your fellow athletes uh Simone Biles, like m- major headlines because she was a world-class gymnast and then didn't want to compete because she was not in the right headspace yes. and it was like, whoa, wait a minute, this athlete, like she's the best, she's amazing and she's choosing not to because it's like challenging her mental health and that was like a real marked shift where it's like, yeah, you, you're a human being that has to like be a functioning human being before you can be the athlete that you are and so I think, I mean, shout out to Lynn for recognizing that and, and empowering you and giving you that wisdom and I think it's great because not only did it help you be become the successful person that you are but that's I think a part of now like your toolkit that you will impart to others and I think that's a beautiful thing to say yeah 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 we're gonna we're gonna make you as best uh, the best version that you can be but like not at the expense of your happiness of like being able to show up and and be comfortable in who you are yes that's awesome thank you for sharing that oh Yeah.
2: yeah of course I you know I think that goes like that in I think In life for everyone, you know, like you gotta take care of your mental health. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. Before all else, Uh, you can't take care of anyone else unless you take care of yourself first. Mm. I tell that to my mommy friends all the time. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's It's very true. Yes,
0: yes. And no mom guilt. Like, you, right? That's the whole thing out there that exists, right? I live with a mom. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, go, go with your friends, do your thing. Like, it's fine because you need that. Because that's how we all need it. We all need to be looking after ourselves. Yes. 100%.
2: Yes. One thing I did realize um, over the last few years more is, and especially with my partner who is so like down to earth and keeps me very grounded, is like no matter how well I run or how shitty I run, the next day life is exactly the same. Mm. Honestly, like the sun comes up and we go on with whatever we're doing. And it was the same in Boston. We got up. We went to Cape Cod it was awesome. We had a great time in Berlin. We got up, we went touring Germany. It was the same. Nothing had changed. I was a little happier, um, <laughs> but ultimately he was the same. My yeah. family was the same. My friends were the same. Yeah. Like, life um, goes on. yeah. So after Boston, like I wasn't as devastated as I've been in the past. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, everything's fine.
0: <laughs>
1: right.
2: Yeah.
0: There's another race. There's, another There's race. always another race. Yes.
2: yes. Yes.
0: That's good.
1: So, so, st- you mentioned the the mind, body, soul that, that Lynn brought into your life as a coach and, you know, that you obviously embodied before that. But one thing that I find in running, um, like I do it a lot for my own mental health. It kind of gives me clarity and gives me creativity and gives me like space to think. Uh, when you're kind of going on these endurance runs, do you... Um, can you kind of speak to the headspace or the mental side of endurance running, whether that's spiritual for you or whether that's, you know, just clearing or kind of what that that headspace is?
2: Yes. Running, I think for a lot of people, is very therapeutic. Um, and I had I'd, I'd done a podcast, actually. I forget when it was. And they had asked me, has it set in yet that you, you know, like you set the Canadian record and you you ran this time? And I was like well i haven't really been running and so that's my time where i think mm. and so as i've gotten back into running and i've had that time where i'm running where i think about running and so many times where i used to go for these easy runs and i would visualize myself setting the Canadian record and i would get so nervous and so choked up sometimes i almost would cry on these runs so since then when I go, when I'm running my easy runs and I think about the race, I get sometimes a little choked up and it's the only time where I'm really like, I can't believe I did it. And like, it's in my runs. And so, you know, like many, many, many people running is my time to think. And just if I'm sad to be sad, sometimes I've stopped and cried on runs and, but I always feel better afterwards. Yeah. So, It's a great thing about running. Sure. <laughs> me too. <It's> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop and cry. Stop and cry. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just on the dike the here in Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Just, just like, a beautiful sunset, okay? It was that Zach guy running and crying again.
2: Yeah. I've had people ask me if I was okay before
0: I <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like are you injured? Like, yeah. I'm just having a moment. Yeah. I know i always yeah. see people they, they'll text me they'll be like i saw you running i'm like okay yeah cool they're like why were you smiling like why are you <laughs> you're out there like smiling so big and i'm like oh yeah i just like i'm i love it i believe it or not yeah. <laughs> i really enjoy being out there
2: yes yeah and it is you know when you're healthy it is it's a privilege to be out there running totally. and being healthy so i try to run so again, as cheesy as it sounds, run with gratitude because mm. when you're injured, you know how much it sucks not to be able to run and to be able to live in this beautiful place that we live in. You know, you guys get to run on that dike all the time, which is one of my favorite places to run. But unfortunately, I live in North Vancouver, but I have my own beautiful places yes. to run. Yes. So. Yeah. And this weather's been nice too. So.
1: I, I heard your list on another podcast of all your favorite places in Vancouver. And I was like, hey, she didn't mention Steveston. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Steveston is awesome. But it is like quite the trek.
1: It's our yeah. own little corner. But yeah. it is flat. We love, we yes. always talk about this. You can run 40 kilometers flat on a dike with no traffic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's pretty cool.
0: We have like a really killer little half marathon loop that basically starts right at Sanctuary Cafe here and run out the dike trail all the way down towards like where the airport is at Terranova. And then there's like a, it's wow. like a traffic calmed, like kind of neighborhood cycling path. So it's okay. not like a cyclist, cyclist path. It's just like,
2: is it pavement?
0: Pavement. It's paved. Well, the the, the well, dike is half, half is, dike and
1: yeah. then half pavement. Yeah, they but call it like crab apple. There's no uh, traffic lights the whole yeah. way. So good. you don't have to stop once. It's unreal. I'm going to
2: have to come out here. It's a good I'm one. We'll,
1: we'll go running with you if you want. If you want all some right. slow pokes, you know, yeah. Have has to be one of your, your your fun days, your yeah. social days, maybe like a
0: zone a zone two, yeah,
1: or three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can you run five minute kilometers? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, we're good. Yeah. Okay Sweet. great. You guys can take me on the loop. let do it. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll get Katie Katie McKenzie to come join us. See if she's
2: she, she did say she wanted to run a I think a half marathon. Okay, well this is uh that's
1: the, that's this is the loop. The loop. Yeah, there and you she go. She
2: wants me to help her write a little run program. So
1: cool.
0: Well, it's nice and flat.
2: Yeah, it's good.
0: You end up at the cafe, so you can have a little, a little like you know coffee, a little coffee cinnamon bun treat run. after. What could be better?
2: I mean, if you want, if you want to get a runner to do a run, just say brunch after. There you go. Be there. We got
1: brunch. So, yes. uh, okay, so before we we park this run um, for those listening, um, if they're you know finding it hard to run one k or two k or five k, and that seems impossible to them, do you have any words of of, of of wisdom to kind of get off the couch lace up those shoes and go like where where can where can those listening find their own start line
2: yeah i mean know that you're not alone and it's tough for everybody to start and whenever i'm injured and i get back into running um it always hurts and it's uncomfortable Um, And that's normal. Um, So be kind to yourself and stick with it for three weeks. And start off with those walk runs. Um, I know they're going to feel easy and that's the point. So don't just go out and try to run 5K. Like literally start with like one minute jog, two minute walk. For like 20 minutes and do that a couple times that week that's it you don't need to go out and try to run 20 minutes you're gonna kill yourself so mm-hmm. there's so many um run walk programs available online um i work for sport bc and we have run clinics and we have run programs online um and so there's many ways to get out there um and people that can help you so um definitely start with a run walk Walk, run. There yes, you go. Sure. So
1: no pressure to even like run the whole time. Just no, take, take yeah. pause, walk. No, walk when you need to. Absolutely. Run when you can. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a slow. If you if you're not a runner at all, it's a just know it. It it's a slow process. You will get there, but you just need to be patient. I mean, everybody wants to run right now and lose weight right now and be fast right now, but like all things in life, you, know, you got to be patient. You got to work for it. I had this conversation last night with my partner about <laughs> money. Everybody wants to be rich now. It's like, come on. Yeah, takes <laughs> Got to work time. for it, man. It's that's, the same with running. <laughs> that's right. Life
0: lessons yes. from running, right?
2: <laughs> yes. So,
1: so on that note, that's one one thing I'm curious about. If you can zoom out on your your 25 year career so far, uh you know there's still many chapters to be written. Yeah. But in in summary, what would you say? Um, how has running been a teacher for you? Like, what are, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned from running over this, this period?
2: Um, patience, um, ultimately, like never give up, you know, keep on it as cheesy as that sounds. Um, I feel like I have all the cheesy slogans for you guys. They're the best ones though, you know, um, it's taught me to be incredibly tough and, uh, gritty um yeah i don't know so much i owe so much to running and yeah and i've met some of my you know my lifelong best friends and i've got to travel the world like i just feel so fortunate to have got to do this and yeah
0: so cool
1: (laughs) Okay, last running question, and then we can do a few rapid fires and and, and wrap it up. Um, What does it feel like when you're running that fast? Like, when I watch these people like yourself, it looks like you're flying. Like, it looks like I've, like, watched myself running in video, and it doesn't look like what you guys look like when you're running. Does it it feel like you're... Like, in a flow state, does it feel like you're flying? Like, what does it feel like to move your body that quickly? Mm-hmm.
2: We're talking about Berlin? Yeah. Not Boston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: Boston was still very fast to my standard. Boston felt
2: horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not feel like I was flying. Berlin, like, when we picked it up at 30K, I remember between 30 and 35, I just, yeah, I felt like we were just, like, flying. Like, mm. we were just in the zone. Then it got hard. And around 38K, I was like, Tony, like how much have we slowed? And he was like, That was like our fastest K. I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah, we were we were just it it's great. If it's it's a lot of fun when when you're fit and you're running fast, it's fun. Yeah. Um when you're not fit and you're trying to run fast, it's not. Fun. That's hard.
1: Yeah. I mean I tried I to run your speed and I only got one kilometer in and I was like, yeah. Time out. Yeah. I yeah. take a knee. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, we're so grateful for 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 you for the the space that you hold for what you've shown to be possible for for women for athletes for you know all of us as 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 we age to to defy and to rebel against what's what's possible (laughs) and what we can do I mean I think you are a rebel in a lot of ways and we always like to wrap up with some fun rapid fires just to kind of change things up. But I uh, just wanted to pass my gratitude on to you before oh, we, thank you. before we,
2: that's very kind. Yeah, thank you very much. Definitely.
1: It's super cool. I was sharing, even before we went on the pod, like I have two
0: young daughters and one of them, she just loves to run. And so when I was telling her that you were coming on the mm-hmm. podcast, she was super excited. And I just, even through the conversation, I'm like, I'm so glad that like, Joelle will be able to like look up to people like you mm-hmm. and see you as like someone who is, uh, inspiration of, something that's great and, and an amazing achievement, but also something that's possible, right? Like yes. something that's within her grasp. Absolutely. And so it's so it's super cool if I like put my dad hat on, it's just like, it warms my heart to know that like someone like you exists in our world, in our space, oh, in our community yeah. really, and can, you know, has this desire to share with the next generation. And I just, I, I love that. I love that. Like paying it back into the sport that's, you know, as you have said, has given you so much. It's just such a beautiful kind of full circle thing. So
2: thank you. Well, yeah. I've been fortunate to have, Many people in my life that have given so much to me and allowed me to be where I am in this sport. So um, I definitely can't wait to give back and inspire those young ladies. And hopefully maybe I'll be her coach one day. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Planting those seeds right now. That's right. That's right. Okay. This is a a new question that Dean came up with recently for our Rapid Fires. Um, It's one about aging. So I'm curious, um, how do you want to feel in 10 years?
2: Oh, uh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. No. No.
1: Do you see, do you, do you feel, do you think you'll still be running competitively at 50 in the master's division or do you, do you want to still be feeling how you are at 40 or like, how do you want to feel in, in 10 I, I
2: don't think I'll be able to, I just like. In 10 years, I don't think it's realistic that I'll be able to do what I'm doing now. I still think I'll be able to run very well, but, you know, it's just, yeah. just 50 is not 40. But who knows? Yeah, so yeah. I'll keep trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think then I'll be full into the coaching and, and that's where I'll be. I'll still be running, but I don't think I'll be doing it as like my full-time job. Okay,
0: cool. cool. What's, uh, what's the Netflix like? show that you've been watching is there like a or crave or binge or is it not your is it not your gem?
2: love is blind oh okay
0: <laughs> nice <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Love i say that as i look to the yeah. floor and um handmaid's tale Ooh, i just yeah. i just wrapped up the season finale last week it was very good you gotta okay.
1: catch up on that uh, yeah i'm
0: a few it was very good. That was like, that's like our Wednesday night, like, get, yes. okay kids, go to bed. And <laughs> yes, Every Wednesday, my wife's like, it's Handmaid's Tale night, yeah. let's go.
2: I didn't even know it was the season finale. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then it was, and I was like, then I had to Google it, and I found out it was. I so know. it's been, yeah. So those are my, my two favorites. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Very good.
1: When you're out running with friends, do you listen to music or do you go unplugged? Yeah. Music? I
2: listen to, uh, I have Shocks headphones, they're the yeah. ones that like, open ear oh cool. yeah they're awesome and syncs to my garmin so i don't have any wires or anything and i can also hear like when i run in the trails i can hear stuff so i highly i used to be sponsored i'm not sponsored anymore but i i still highly recommend them especially to women who like to run in the trails we need to be aware of our surroundings and if you're running on the roads you can hear the cars but you can still hear your music honestly these things are awesome so um yeah i have like pop hits like techno dance and every once in a while throw a podcast on so nice i listen to music almost every time i go for an easy run
1: yeah okay we'll have to get a playlist from you or something yeah
2: Spotify Natasha running 2022 that's it okay boom all right follow (laughs) get on those jams
0: yeah oh that's so good um favorite book that you've that you've read recently or in your lifetime or as Zach often says like what's a book that you've maybe gifted to people to be like yo you gotta read this I really enjoyed it
2: um, I really liked the silent patient. That was when I read recently and the last book I read, it was a little intense for me. It was uh, The house in the sky. Okay. It was a memoir about the woman that was uh, kidnapped in Somalia and held for ransom. It was wow. her like true story and it was a lot to read, but it was also very good. So I passed that on to my friend. And she texted me like, I can't sleep. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. C- cliche running question. Have you read Born to Run?
2: No. Oh my
1: goodness. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll find you a copy and yeah. send it your way.
2: I, You know what? I'm, I haven't really read any running books. Oh. Okay. I'm a little odd in that. This one is really good because
1: yeah. it's more like a story. Like it's almost like the history of running okay. in a way. So it like reads. I've heard like, of it. It's yeah. almost yeah. like the Da Vinci Code of running in a way, okay. you know? Um it on Amazon, I guess. Yeah, the uh, you know I listened to it as an audiobook while I was running, oh. and it was really uh, it kind of felt like I was like uh, learning about what I was doing, so it was kind okay. of fun.
2: Cool.
1: All right, dinner. You wanna? Should we end it off? Should we hit the finish line? All right. Last hundred meters.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dad jokes.
0: We got them. All dad times all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was a good one. I don't know if it was. <laughs> <laughs> we like to end the podcast uh with this question to all of our guests um we called our podcast a little more good because that's what we want to see and do and like put out in the world when we came up with the idea we were on a run for doing a podcast and uh equally so for the title kind of came out of runs and zach said hey what do you think about this as we were like rounding gary point park and i was like man that's beautiful yes kind of encompasses the essence of everything we want to be so we always like to ask our guests like what does that phrase mean to you a little more good
2: Another big question. I should have known this one was coming. (laughs) Um, I think everyone needs to be a little more kind. I think a little kindness goes a long way. Um, And for me, something that I do that I think is a little more good is I volunteer once a week at a cat shelter, and I have for eight years. And it's a minimal commitment, but it's something that makes me feel really good, and it is me doing a little bit of good into the community and helping, you know, vulnerable animals. So I feel like everybody could benefit from doing some sort of volunteer work. I think it feels really good, especially if you're doing it for no other reason than to do a little more good in the community, not because you need to get community hours, but to do a little more good.
1: That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's awesome. It's true. <laughs> Sweet. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this was this was a great conversation. So much fun. We're just so uh, so grateful for you and your time.
2: I enjoyed
1: it. Thanks awesome. for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Natasha. There you have it. The Natasha Wodak experience. Woo. Yes. So see if you can run <laughs> Natasha's pace. Yeah. See how long you can hang.
0: Right. It's just really incredible to know that, like, for most of us, our all-out sprint is, like, what she carried over 42 kilometers. Like, it's just humbling. And you really, if you are someone who runs, like, warm up first, stretch, get yourself ready. But if you try it, like, you just have this new level of appreciation and respect and admiration for just like the sheer athletic prowess of someone who can do that. And so, yeah, we, uh,
1: we are, we stand in awe of her greatness. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that, uh, podcast, that conversation with Natasha. I'm super excited to see what she does next, what races she does next. I'll be following with, uh, excitement and ant- anticipation to yeah. see, you know how much further can she push her own limits? Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you know we always appreciate likes, reviews, subscriptions, wherever you're, wherever you're tuning in. Uh, makes a big difference in allowing us to spread spread a little more good, a little, a little further. Sweet,
0: we appreciate you all. Until next time, friends. Peace.